2: Welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith, and this week I'm on the road in Thailand with food writer and delicious columnist, Kate Plunkett-Hogg, whose latest book, Barn, Recipes and Stories from My Thai Home, is full of the recipes from the Thailand most of us would never begin to find. As she led us from the best food stalls in Bangkok's Chinatown to the capital coolest restaurants and on up into the mountains of Chiang Rai and down into the bustle of Chiang Mai, we tasted a Thailand of hill tribes and roadsides that took us way off the beaten track to Kay's home, her barn. She told me how she came to eat like a local.
0: I was born and brought up in Bangkok, um, spent the first sort of 25 years of my life here um, and now come back and do food tours and work out here, come back two or three times a year. So I've grown up eating this food
2: and you grew up speaking Thai. You spoke Thai before you spoke English. I
0: did. I spoke Thai before I spoke English, which completely freaked my grandmother out and uh, my Irish grandmother, who didn't meet me till I was about three, um, and that I just—I think I might have been teasing her by just talking to her in Thai. <laughs> but
2: yes, yeah, so Thai is as natural to me as speaking English. And you were speaking Thai to your nanny and around the cook and you were sort of absorbing that, that lovely smell
0: of local food. But I loved spending time in the kitchen. We had an inside kitchen for Western food and outside kitchen for Thai food and that was what I used to call the kitchen of dancing flames. It was all over charcoal. um, And the dogs lounging on the floor and cats purring. And and I would be in there eating my first breakfast, second breakfast, third breakfast. And I think a lot of it was osmosis. I'm not saying at five years old I was standing there with a notebook saying, oh, please, can you tell me how to cook that? But it just was something that... There are several dishes that I have from that period of time and others that I've discovered through the years.
2: Yeah, and of course that means that you were actually eating local food from a very early age, so your palate has always sort of been very used to quite challenging flavours. So we've been, over the last week traveling around your Thailand, and we've been through Bangkok and found what's happening there. Since you actually lived in Bangkok, it's changed immeasurably. Tell us a little bit about the Bangkok that you've been showing us this week.
0: Well, Bangkok nowadays is this glamorous metropolitan city, but it still has a dirty side, it still has a local side, it still has a lot of character. We, I wanted us to stay in Chinatown, which is where we ended up staying, because I wanted people to see what old Bangkok used to be like. There's not that many high rises right directly on Yaowarat. Where we were, we were in Shanghai Mansion, which is this fabulously sort of Deco building, um, and it's it's the hustle and bustle of a, any Chinatown, but it's got a real flavour. What I feel old Bangkok or the Bangkok I grew up in, Chinatown is extraordinary.
2: Yeah. And of course, Isaiah, your friend Ian Kittichai's fabulous and a restaurant that that is favoured by the stars. David Beckham, Ryan Gosling was in there recently. Yeah, it's
0: also favoured by local people. I mean, a lot of Bangkok um, expats and um, local Bangkokians will go there for special occasions, for birthdays, uh, when they've got someone in from out of town because it's so beautiful for a start, and the food is so wonderful. Ian's such a charming host. So it's kind of the whole ball game, really.
2: And Bangkok also has a number of Michelin-style restaurants, including Sawan, meaning heaven, which reworks some of the most traditional concepts in Thailand's culinary heritage. As my fellow travellers, James Ramsden, restaurateur at East London's Pigeon and One Half of the Kitchen is on Fire podcast, and travel writer Audrey Gillen set about the 10-course tasting menu, Sophie from Sawan explained one of the stunning fermented dishes that comes from the streets.
3: In Thai, we call it uh, nam kawtaut. It's a rice dish that's on the street. It's made with uh, crispy fried rice balls that are broken up and mixed with different Thai herbs and spices. Um, on top of it, we have fermented some, some beef. Uh, and on the street, you would get this all mixed up in this really bro- aromatic, herby salad served with cucumber and fresh cabbage. Fermentation gives it a bit of acidity, sourness. It um, really brings out, it's, it's essentially the same that happens when you dry age meat.
0: Uh, we just do it in 40 degrees heat instead.
2: Okay, you've actually had that, that dish on the street.
0: I have, I've had it in, on, in restaurants and on the street, usually done with nem, uh, um, as Sophie said, which is a fermented northeastern uh, sausage. And it's fermented with rice, which makes it quite sour. As you said, it adds acidity. Um, and I love it. And I love them. When I buy the sausage, I wrap it in crispy bacon and deep fry it and then serve it with, like, peanuts and chilies and ginger. It's delicious. Lovely. Let's see what James and Audrey have to say about that.
2: James, Baseball. did you love it? Did you hate it?
4: Um, I thought it was uh, lovely. It really encapsulates what's so brilliant about Thai food, which is that, to your average Brit, probably talking about eating sour fermented beef would... Um, turn people's stomachs but when, once you throw in all the textures and the spice and the herbs and the balance of flavours and textures you, know, you, could, you could convert anyone I think
3: Absolutely fantastic. Audrey I'm still eating it as you can hear so um, I'm loving the, the contrast and textures obviously the fermented beef is um, it's not as funky as you would imagine it would be and actually it's really uh, pleasant and then there's all these other lovely layers of Crunch, but the pickled cucumber um, makes a really lovely contrast to the, to the, the, the richness and the, the, the chilliness of It's fantastic.
2: On the way to Puchai Sai, or Mountain of Clear Heart, where we would stay in the bamboo forests of the Aka Hill Tribe, we stopped for lunch at a roadside cafe in Chiang Rai. Kay and our guide Mac ordered a feast of northern delicacies, including raw pork lard. Served in raw blood. So we are at Lab Sinam Gilar mm-hmm. and this is a choice of yours, mm-hmm. uh, and this is a place that you trust. Uh-huh. In terms, so we would eat uh-huh. the blood here. Yes, because uh, for example, the blood have to have to be like a fresh blood, and then squid with the many herbs. Okay. Uh, if they cook not not too much hygiene, it's gonna be not good for yeah. the stomach. It's gonna be make the stomach upset. Audrey was tucking in a former war correspondent in Iraq. I wondered if she was naturally hardcore.
3: I'm not really, to be honest with you. I I do love to go local, but I don't believe in going to the extremities. I mean, I I want delicious, fabulous food, and I guess I do want to taste really kind of things that are very different for for me but i I don't want to seek out snake i'm not looking for the most you know i've been in um, vietnam and all these other places i'm not gonna eat dog i don't think that um i should eat any more if i if i don't want to
2: i asked james if there was an element of daring do about his food choices
4: no i'm just curious to overcome our sort of western prejudices about things being icky and gross and but I think it's very easy to sort of think, oh, that that seems gross. I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna try it. And it's generally worth giving it a go. So you and, uh, did putting yourself in <laughs> safekeeping of your excellent guide, Yeah. On Mac.
2: So how was it?
4: I, 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 tell, I find the texture the more challenging element of it. Um, I thought it was going to be more minced up, and it's kind of big chunks of
1: raw. So that, yeah.
4: That's not. But that's not. It's not as bad as that might sound. to... To someone, you know, to us, like oh, big chunks of raw pork, you know, it's, it's it's soft and yielding, but it's also kind of, you know, giving the teeth a workout. So,
2: does it make you feel like you're really kind of going local? That you're having access to a Thailand that is not your run of the mill. Is food a passport to a different kind of experience?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, always, and so, and, and I think probably unless you were really. You know, following either your nose or your stomach, or uh, you know, guide in the know, you're you probably wouldn't take a punt on somewhere like where we are because you know, it's, it's, we're the only westerners in here as far as I can see, mm-hmm. um, and I think it would find a lot of people off. But the food is phenomenally good, and you sort of feel like you're sweating the flavours in a good way by this point. And, um, nice, and and a tree, basically yeah. one of basically one of the locals now, aren't we? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we weren't the only Westerners in the cafe. I found 29-year-old Jordan, who'd been on the road for only two weeks, and asked him how he'd found this place and why.
1: I was speaking to the two girls who work at the hostel that I'm staying, which is um, called Busket, um and I just got speaking to them. And then I went about asking them where would be good to eat locally, like with the locals, rather than um, going to where everyone else has been.
3: And
2: why would you want to do that? What were you looking for?
1: The experience. I, so, like, uh, I'd rather have a local experience than a, a westernized experience. I mean, um, the reason
2: I found you was because you're yeah. the only other Western voice in this place. I mean, it's pretty yeah. packed here with Thai people.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I noticed. I didn't. I didn't notice you at first, but um, I noticed. Yeah. It's all locals. But I prefer that. Like, um, like back in Chiang Mai, for instance, um, the hostel I stayed there. I spoke. I got on with the owner um, at Stamps Backpackers and he actually uh, showed me a place where they go drinking at night, the locals. And so I went there, and it's not an experience everyone gets to have, whereas other people go to the usual places in like Chiang Mai, for instance, such as um, Zoe Yellow, Zoe and Yellow, and uh, a place called Spicy. But I'd rather see what the locals are go off the beaten
2: track yeah 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 yeah. yeah. plus it
1: was cheap and cheerful
2: and of course the the beaten track is pretty beaten now by everyone's tracking around Thailand but maybe they're not here well they're certainly not here and they're not eating the kind of food that you're eating you've ordered what today
1: I don't know what it's called I, I know just one of them and I don't even know if I can pronounce it well
2: the point is you don't really know what you're going to have which is amazing yeah. most oh, people yeah, absolutely know, need to know what's
1: in the dish yeah So I've, if
2: it's raw pork will you eat it?
1: yeah I will eat it yeah. if I, it's
2: blood will you eat it?
1: I've oh I've tried I've tried a few things <laughs> like um, some of the I can't remember I think that was more down in well, Malaysia and they had like seashells and you opened them up and they were all bloody and uh, raw okay. and uh and you did it anyway. a bit like clams, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to try things. Like, if you don't try things, you'll never know like if you like them or not. And it's the same with travelling. If uh, if you just knock things on the head, then you're not really having the true experience. So try everything at least once. And if you don't like it and it's not for you, then it's just not for you. But if you do like it, then uh, you might have found something that you, you'd continue to pursue in life. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend trying new things.
2: But it wasn't all so challenging, although the delicious roadside pancakes may have been impossible to find without a guide. Okay.
1: That's a tai yai or
0: shan dish called kazai nai, a thin rice batter pancake, which is then put in what looks like a Victoria sandwich tin and spun on boiling water. While she mixes up egg, bean sprout, chilies, sour chili, sugar, uh, tofu, all sorts of things, that so quickly that you sort of have to go, what's she putting in next? The steam pancake comes out that mixture goes in it goes back into the spinning steamer she doesn't even time it she knows when it's gonna be ready it comes out it gets folded over onto your plate almost like an omelette Um, and then you have little sauces on the side of it or you can have a fried egg in the middle in which case she doesn't turn it over um but it's the most delicious dish these people have been making it forever there was one chef at a hotel in bangkok who tried to do that dish and i ate it and it was good he'd gone up to, to, to learn from this woman but he just it wasn't it wasn't right. Just to have it's it in a, a restaurant, it's not the same. Yeah. We had to watch it, we had to be there. It's, it's just an experience in itself.
2: Yeah, and you and your husband Fred, um, who, of course, you know is, is your fellow columnist on uh, Kay and, and Fred's Movie Night. Correct. You love to travel around Thailand by car and stop at these roadside cafes. We do, we do. How do you know when to find the good ones?
0: Word of mouth and sort of seeing if a stall has got people by it next to a stall that's got no one by it, you know the, which one you're yeah. going to try and eat it. So it's common sense, really. I'm incredibly lucky because I do speak the language, so I have a little bit of access that perhaps some other people wouldn't have um, in terms of going up and asking for things or, or getting involved in conversations if I want a recipe, etc. But I don't think it's that difficult. Find a great guide. And our guide this trip, Mac, find a guide like him who's really into food. And I think that's something you can request now when asking for a local guide. And a local guide, as well as I know areas, a local guide's great. Just said like someone who's interested in food.
2: And Mac was certainly into his food. As we got to our final destination, Chiang Mai, in Thailand's Golden Triangle, which borders Laos and Myanmar, Mac and Kay were discussing where to get the best khao soi, a hugely popular curry noodle soup with coconut milk.
0: If you ask any Chiang Mai native, like Mac sitting here, they'll all have their specific favourite place to go for khao soi, and that's where they'll go.
2: I prefer the khao soi nearby my house much more than other place. Khao soi is a traditional Noodle, uh, egg noodle in Chiang Mai. It's same as in other country. For example, in Mexico, that they have taco, they have uh, tapas, something like that. That they have many choice, many option depends on the people. Same as how cow soy, too. Uh huh.
0: This is mine because I've got a bit of history. It's quite emotional and sort of emotionally connected to this place. So. Um, I used to come here with my father when I was young and he loved cow soy to the extent that in Barn, my cookbook, it's his recipe for cow soy that's in there. This is simplified because you don't have to make the paste. He, he uses a, a really good quality store-bought red curry paste. It's the habit of making it every weekend for himself, particularly after my mother died. And he would make a double batch so that when he went out to people's for houses for dinner or drinks instead of a bottle of wine who'd taken a Tupperware of cow and the noodles on the side and tell them how to do it. And it became quite a thing on the island, Frank's cow delivery service. But yeah, it's very emotional, it's kind of a, it's very nostalgic for me here, yeah. But for those who prefer the taste
2: of Thailand to the travel, Kay's book is packed with the recipes we tasted on the road, and which she's been eating all her life. I asked her for two of her favourites, which we can find in the book.
0: Oh, that's so difficult. There's sayor, which you've had, um, which is a northern sausage. Um, it's got a curry paste in it. It's got turmeric in it. It's got rice in it. It's pork-based. It's then in Thailand, it would be smoked over coconut husk barbecue. In England, I make it and I just grill it on my electric grill at a very low heat because you don't want it to burst or I fry it at a very low heat. And if you haven't got sausage skins, I love making sausages, just form it into patties. And the other one is numpik Aka, which you really loved, which just happens to be, it's one of those dishes that happens to be vegan. Because the Aka don't use any fish sauce, they just use salt, big lumps of this salt that they grate. um, And they don't use sugar, so it's actually really good. You grill, and I would like to do this on um, satay sticks that have been soaked in water. Cherry tomatoes, chilies, garlic in their skins, Thai shallots in their skins until they're blackened. You pound all that together with some salt, add some lime juice, coriander, and that's it. And mm. you can serve that with pork scratchings or you can serve it with lovely little crudities. Um, with boiled eggs, it's great. Yeah. Really, really simple. I, I teach that in my, my vegetarian Thai class and it goes down a bomb every time. Speaking
2: of which, so the big news is that you are planning a cookery school here in northern Thailand and we went today to see the very place. Give us a vision.
0: (sighs) Imagine being surrounded by green jungle with Burma 30 kilometers in the difference. It's just mountains. We're not far from the Mekong River. It really is the most extraordinary spot. Um, I've always loved the north of Thailand. I've loved that sort of eye bruising green that's everywhere when you look around and obviously elephants and I love elephants and up there is full of elephants. Um, And Puchai Sai is just a little slice of heaven. I feel like I can breathe up there. Um, and on top of which, the food in the area is absolutely stunning. Yeah. There's an open-sided cookery school where you'll be learning Akka food, other hill tribe trad- Karen food, local Lanna Kingdom food, and regular Thai food. Hoping to have guest chefs up there. There's rooms that you can stay at. There's a pool jutting out into the jungle. There'll be a yoga studio, so it becomes a destination. They're all up on the mountain in Puchai Sai.
2: And beautifully designed by the amazing seventy-two-year-old Mumdar,
0: who is the queen of design in Thailand. Yes, and it, it's the place that you walk in. For me, I walked first. When I walked in there. I just felt I was home. I was really home. The birdsong, the planting, the plants. The, the the air is so clear and clean. Mm-hmm and just the joy of the vegetables and there's an organic farm and there's aquaculture and there's all this amazing stuff. It's um, even called
2: ban thai and your book is called ban meaning home. home.
0: And you will you're hoping to make this your home. I am. I am going to pack up the husband, the dogs, the cats and and just head on and out have. here. Come next. home, barn. Yeah. Case
2: next big adventure. <laughs> And you can read Kay's foodie postcard from Thailand at deliciousmagazine.co.uk, where you can also find recipes for pork, stir-fried with basil and a classic green chicken curry, all from her book, Barn. And you can also follow Kay's, James's, Audrey's and My Adventures in Thailand on Instagram by searching the hashtag BarnCookbook, that's with a double A in Barn, and as always, hashtag The Delicious Podcast. I'll be back next week with how to cook like Ghanaian food writer and cook, Zoe Jonia.